0: A behind-the-scenes peek into what happened before and after the interview. So sit back, relax, and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey. Thank you, Todd Baker. And here is what I promised you for this week, part two of my Oprah Winfrey interview. Now, in this part, Oprah's completely relaxed. She trusts me. She knows I've got her best interested in heart, so she's going to delve into the questions I ask unguarded and totally honest here's oprah part two
1: so you're special on the weight problem uh is that we're
2: doing another big show on it too really on today's show right in sacramento on channel 10 today at four Mm -hmm. you're going to see this uh the the resolution to what we were talking about last week with uh with all those i call it our fat girl show Uh uh-huh yeah. Is
1: that is, it, is that a problem that you no longer consider a problem? to Because to, I know you're going to be talking about that this show last week where
2: It's a problem. It yeah. was a problem last week, Joey. I'm uh, telling you the truth. It's not, You know, it's the kind of thing I said I wasn't going to diet anymore. I, said, I, said, I did not say it was not going to be a problem. That's what I'm talking about. I refused about. to go through that, pulling that chicken off the skin, yeah. boiling myself some broccoli, and eating three grape leaves for dinner.
1: What do you think when you see the videotape of when you came out in those jeans that day?
2: When, I think, whoa, what a hot sister. <laughs> When I see that tape of me in the jeans, I go, how the hell did I ever get my behind in those things? (laughs) That's what I think. Damn any crickets. I can't get one thigh in there now. I can't believe it.
1: But do you <laughs> look at it and go, gosh, I wish I was like that again, or do you look at it and go, never happened, baby? Uh,
2: no, I don't, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to fast. I mean, I don't want to use that process to do it again. And uh-huh. you can't do it because of a pair of jeans or because, you know, you want to wear an outfit for a certain day. But you can. I mean, I think the process of eliminating weight is like eliminating other excess baggage in your life. That's what I think weight is for me. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it is for most other people. But that's what that show was about last week and also what today's show is about. It's about recognizing the connection between food and love. When lo- I mean, a lot of people who are compulsive overeaters like myself, they think that it's, uh, that it's only about, you know, I used to say, you know, I just like potatoes. I just like bread. I like potatoes. Mm-hmm. That's not it at all. I eat. I, I'm a stress eater. I eat. I eat my stress. I eat it down. I eat down my guilt. I eat down my feelings. Uh-huh. And so um, that's what today's show is all about. I'm really excited about what this show can do for women's lives, particularly women who have dieted and dieted and yo-yoed and felt that they were not disciplined and felt that um, they just didn't have any willpower and who've given up and given up and given up and are feeling like there's no reason to even try to try again this is a show for them today. It's terrific.
1: That's what I like about your shows and what you mentioned earlier is that you're helping people. Now, you know, we all know the television business and, and the sweeps and the fact that you got to do some strange things, you know, for audience doing sweeps. For instance, fill in that dress and Geraldo breaking his nose with the white supremacist. Oh, yeah. You know, I, and I know you have to do that to stay in the business. I don't have to do it. I'm telling That's you. That's what so. I was going to ask you. Is there anything that you wouldn't do because you don't have to do that?
2: Lots of things I wouldn't do. We've done three shows this month that I haven't aired. Three shows. Why? The Money Flew in the guests took the time to do it. Shows are... Uh, would have done tremendous ratings but after i saw it i thought it, it was irresponsible to air it. did a show on kidnapping a lot of people who survived kidnappings um and they told great stories but i thought the body of the work itself showed how easy it was to kidnap and i didn't want one single person in this country to 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 get the idea of how easy it was to do it uh-huh. as a result of you know, all these people who survived it so I called them all back, and I sent them a tape, and said, "I'm sorry. I'm you know you came all the way to Chicago and went through all this trouble and shared your life story with us, but I've decided not to air it." Did another show with uh, women who had been on uh, women stalkers, um, uh, trying to analyze the mind of a stalker. Now this is a mistake we made in production because the truth of the matter is, when you sit up and you talk to a stalker, people who stalk people are crazy. Yeah. When I saw it on the air, uh, on tape, I. I Made the decision we can't air this guy because this guy's crazy. He might go out and hurt his wife because that's who he had been stalking. And I made the decision not to let it. Is it also like it a... was fascinating to hear, yeah, you know? Yeah, but
1: is it like a training film for
2: up and coming stalkers too? Is that what's you? No, it was is? not even that because obviously you know not to air something like that. It yeah. was just there was a look in his eye yeah. that said to me he could be dangerous. And what happens is a lot of times I think when uh, many years ago I pulled a show that we had done with a serial killer. I didn't air it because it it said to me that we were giving power to this person who had done all these evil things. Uh But what happens to a lot of people who are, you know, involved in criminal activity or just sort of psychologically off balance, they see themselves sitting up there on television and they feel even more empowered. So what I decided to do, I said, uh, I pulled the stalker show and said, called him up and said, if he goes into intensive therapy and we can see that he has changed his behavior, then perhaps maybe we'll do another show on how he changed himself and then can air a piece of that show.
1: That is so responsible of you. I mean, because a lot of people don't do that. They just... I got a hot show and they slam it on TV and...
2: uh... Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you. My producer said, this show is hot. What are you talking about? But the truth of the matter is, you know, you, you... when you speak to this many people every day, you have to do it prayerfully okay in all
1: in all respect, then why'd you run Bredy Broderick? I mean here's a murderess, and uh she's in prison for killing her her ex-husband and fiance it's
2: and, the and there she is in prison, yeah, this guy was not in prison. And um, she's going to be in prison for a while. And so many women identify with Betty Broderick. As I said to Betty Broderick on that show, I wanted to talk to her because I think women identify with her for the wrong reason. Uh They're making her a hero because she killed her husband. Right. She's not. What, What women should look at her and say, I never want to be like this. I never want to be the kind of woman who gives so much of myself, so much of my own power away that I feel like I'm nothing without a husband. And therefore, so become so deranged, I have to go kill him and whoever he's with. That's the lesson of Betty Broderick, not to give yourself away.
1: I think that moment came, too, when you said, what do you have to tell women? And she said, what do you mean, what do I have? I've got nothing, I'm in prison. I know. What was interesting to
2: me is, with Betty, is that she spent all this time, and she's very, very bright. That's what was fascinating about her, because she is not in any ways dumb. And, um... The fact that she has gone through all of this but never once stopped to reflect on her sense of responsibility or her involvement in it. She's one of those people, narcissistic personality, in that she, see the world, she thinks the world revolves around her and everything that goes wrong has to do with other people and mm-hmm. not herself. Yeah. That really surprised me uh, because she's smart enough to know better. She's smart enough to know better. She spent all this time, been through all these trials, and still does not feel a sense of re- personal responsibility for what she did.
1: When she said she'd walk into that house again with a gun, you were just as shocked as I was at home watching. You said, you'd go back again? And she says, yes, because I knew I just went to scare her. You could still see that she's really not on planet Earth when it comes to
2: that entire thing. So, still not accepting responsibility, uh-huh. and that's, that's the lesson for her. You know, a lot of, you know, I say this to women all the time, um, that when you find yourself in that position that Betty was in, And a lot of us women have been there that where you kind of, like, obsessed with somebody. I was in my 20s. Thank the Lord I came to my senses in the 30s. (laughs) But you have to, I said, what you should do is when you find yourself with the keys in the car, driving to track him, find out where he is, sitting outside his house, watching him, drive yourself to the nearest mental institution. (laughs) Ask somebody to please help you. So you know what? I think I'm losing it. <laughs> you,
1: you are. Oh, I see what you mean. Let me ask you this. With conversations with Oprah, what can we expect format-wise? What kind of show is it on Thursday?
2: Oh, what kind of show? Well, it's just like what we're doing right here, except it's with a uh, couple thousand people. So people can just ask you anything? Yeah, I can, there's nothing I can, I'm afraid to a- answer. There's nothing. So it's a way for me to share with the audience, and the audience talks back to me. And I get to see what people, what's on people's minds. It's really terrific. How often do you do this? Uh, usually, let's see, last time I did it, well, I just did it last week in Hartford, and before that, it was in the spring up in Seattle, so a couple of times a year.
1: And it doesn't get aired on TV, just on a local radio station.
2: That's what you guys, you guys are the first to ever do this. Oh, really? We're the first radio station? Uh, first ever to do this. This, this has never happened before.
1: 50,000 watts, they hear us in the Pitcairn Islands in the South Pacific, all the way from Hawaii,
2: all over all over the... Now you're making me nervous. Area. Mm-hmm. One. You're making me nervous. It's one thing to have 2,000 people. It's another thing to know everybody's listening. <laughs> I, I was really worried about this, too, Joy, because I was thinking... You know, it's one thing when you're up on stage and you're kind of talking to folks. Uh-huh. It's another thing when you think all across the country other folks are listening in on it. And we're live. And live, too. So There's nothing you can... When do you get here Thursday? Uh, let's see. I'm getting my hair done in Chicago. That's about all I know. Okay. I get up in the morning and I get my hair done in Chicago. And I, I leave here early in the morning after that. But, yeah, okay. we decided to do the whole shampoo bit here.
1: And you're going to see the kids at family first.
2: Uh-huh, I'm going to go over there. Uh, and then you the day over there.
1: All right, then you're going to go over in the evening, because I would love for you to come by the radio show and do a live radio with me, but if, uh, if you're flying all over the place, you won't you'll probably get here after I get off the air. Yeah,
2: I'm sure uh, I will not be there before you're off the air.
1: Final question. Yeah. You managed to stay so real in spite of your incredible success, or is it because of your sincerity that you have incredible success? What do you think? The latter Uh
2: uh-huh i think um i say this to kids i was just speaking in a school the other day to kids that if the greatest gift you can give to yourself is to understand who you are and being you can be who you are better than you can be anybody else and um you know i started out in this business pretending to be Barbara walters Uh because when i went for my first audition if you you, saw, you didn't see the show today because she was working. But anyway, the show today, I went back home to my roots in Nashville, I met the guy who um, was reunited with the guy who gave me my first job in TV. And I was talking to him about how when I got to, did that first audition, I didn't know what to do, so I just thought I'd pretend to be Barbara Walters with, with a black face. And um, I ended up getting hired. About a month after I'd been on the air, I realized that oftentimes I would slip out of character of pretending to be Barbara uh-huh. and that... I felt most comfortable with myself when I was just myself and not pretending to be somebody else. That was a great lesson for me to learn at the age of 19 because it is what I think has allowed me um, to become who and what I am because I have, I have come to a great understanding that you can be yourself better than you can be anybody else. And, and that's what is, uh, you know, as, that's actually what happens every day, Joey. I go on the air and I'm myself. safe. Mm-hmm. And America loves you. Uh. I'm thankful for that, too. I'm I'm really grateful. You know, what's so interesting to me, Joey, is I spent my whole entire childhood looking for love, and sometimes in all the wrong places. Mm -hmm. And um, to grown to be an adult woman that I am proud of and to to get the kind of response that I do, and sometimes I think it genuinely is love for people, I could not have been more fulfilled in my life.
1: Well, we can't wait to see you Thursday. I'll be in the audience. Are you going to be there? I'll be there. Okay. And uh, God bless you, hon. Thanks so much for this interview and for what you're doing for a Families First and for what you do for the country.
2: Hey, thanks, Joey. Hey, listen, stand up and introduce yourself, will you? Okay. Thanks. Okay. I will.
1: Thanks, Oprah. See you, Joey. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Oprah kept her promise the night of her big appearance at the Community Center Theater. There were 5,000 people packed into the audience. I was right there in the front row, along with the mayor and the governor and lots of celebrities. And Oprah, Before she began speaking, said, I want you all to meet my new best friend from KRAK Radio. I was on his show. Here's Joey Mitchell and had me stand up in front of everyone. I was just amazed she kept her promise. That's when I fell in love with her. Oprah Winfrey. She's a superstar and a great person. That's all for today's episode of Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. Join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on Joey's show until now. Now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash joeymitchellpodcast patreon.com slash Podcast. and you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers. Please visit and like Joey Mitchell's podcast
2: on Facebook and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.